Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Our Roots and Tea. We are back to talk more about topics about our mind and just exploring our minds, really. And I'm always discussing these topics with different people from all over the world and with different backgrounds. And before I get to my guest today, the tea we're drinking today to accompany our conversation is the wild berry zinger herbal tea caffeine free it's pretty good um <laughs> and uh so today we have um oliver a, a good friend of mine who's also a screenwriter um so thank you oliver for joining being on board. hey darren thanks for having me on man. absolutely pleasure to be here absolutely yeah yeah i i don't i don't think oliver is drinking any tea or coffee he's oh. just chilling right now which is cool i actually am today Oh, I do have tea. Oh, oh, great. <laughs> well, what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking a, this, it's called a Zheng Shan. Oh, okay. I think I'm pronouncing it right. I'm not sure. Um, But uh, it's by a local tea maker. And it's, uh, apparently it's like a Chinese uh, smoked tea mm. leaf. So. Okay. Does it have like certain, um, I guess, like effects or something or, or certain um, health? <laughs> uh, it's just caffeine. Just yeah. caffeine. Okay. Yeah. But it's like it. It kind of reminds me of like my days when I used to smoke because it's like because it's smoked. Mm. So, like, so I kind of almost almost get like a hint of like tobacco in there, but you know it's just the tea leaf. But yeah, it's just it's kind of cool. Great, yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know usually tea has like antioxidants and all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um. Anyways, yeah. So we're we're gonna get right into it. Um first question to kind of start off mm-hmm. what's 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 the life of a screenwriter look like oh geez man well <laughs> i want to say i don't know <laughs> i only okay. i only know what my life looks like and which is like you know like i'm a i'm a full-time full-time dad mm-hmm. and 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 a part-time writer um some days it's full-time writing but um most days it's part-time and uh it's it's hectic it used to be quite crazy until i really just embraced being a father and and owning that time and owning that title Mm -hmm. and then um you know because i tried to also write a lot with Mm -hmm. it and i would like when my son was earlier on like i would i would you know get him to bed and then i would write um till like i don't know two or three in the morning mm. and then i would go to sleep and then i'd wake up when he would wake up which is early, like around seven or whatever and and try to help him get ready and stuff and then and i would do that and i would try to take a nap during the day or something or try and rest somehow but uh it was just it was too much you know mm. it was just too much and um actually trying to scale i scaled it back and i just relaxed a bit more and spent more time focusing on him and 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 my family and uh yeah it's realizing that's really what makes me happy okay yes, you know so yeah okay that's that's a good that's good and do you for you like you know um because you know how you mentioned that you put your you put your kid to bed and then you start writing and do you so do you always do you have like a goal like every day that you set where like oh i'm gonna write this amount of pages every day like is there a routine for for you um i've never been like a page person i've just a page count person i've been more of like i do set like a deadline for myself though for different Mm. stages of the process so like whether it's um and usually that stage is like like if i'm doing cards you can probably can see behind me yeah so i'm doing Mm. either doing cards or i'm doing my outline or and then when i'm punching out the first draft and then you know then subsequent drafts after that but uh yeah it's 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 more like i just try to devote a certain amount of time per day to it Mm -hmm. and it's usually it turns up being around four hours or so Mm -hmm. but if i'm like if if i'm working with somebody else and we got we have a deadline or something to to hit then it's like then i then i push it then i'm working like eight to ten or 12 whatever whatever it needs whatever it takes but mm-hmm. you know it's i'm not a nice person during that time and it mm. sucks <laughs> 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 that's right i try not to yeah you know 
try to make life uh, pleasurable for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And for those of you who, who are listening, can't see um, in the video is that uh, behind Oliver, he has like a whole huge board where he's all, all these index cards. And so I was going to ask you about that is, can you explain a little bit about, about the board and the cards, like what's the uh, function of it and what do you do? Well, yeah. I mean, anyone, you know, anyone who writes, right. will know. I mean, so for the people who don't believe in plotting, which, you know, I, I respect that method as well. Um, but just for me, I, I love seeing the story out on, on, on cards, on the mm-hmm. board, mm-hmm. and it's easy to move things around. It's easy for me to envision everything in my head, you know, especially when, like, if you're, like, trying to write backwards or, like, you know, something, a scene is in my head and I know that I need to put this down. So I put it down, like, I know that, okay, this is going to happen in somewhere in Act 2. Mm-hmm. And then so I can make sure that, okay, that I, that I set this up properly right? Like somewhere in act one or the beginning of act two. So yeah, I, I like looking at it like that. And I look at it, I know like I've, I've talked to this with other writers too, and they're just like, oh, I don't like doing that. Cause then, you know, I like being in the moment. I like being spontaneous, but, but I feel like it doesn't take away from that at all. Um, because I look at the cards as I, like an actual doing a draft itself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm being spontaneous as well. I'm just throwing in a card and putting it up there and, I find it's easier to take the card down than it is to delete pages, you know, or to like move pages around in a script. I find that that often that's more difficult. Okay. The stage, yeah. Interesting. So is like each card is it each card like like a particular scene or or just maybe a thought or something you have in your head? Um, usually it's a scene. Um, yeah, usually it's just scene. So I just make sure I have like uh, put the, the location, who who's in it, and what the action is, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it might be what they're saying, but uh, overall it's, it's really just the scene and, and oh, what okay. is, you know, like what's the, what's, the, what's going on here? What's, what's the particular boxing match in this moment? You know? And are, are you, are you, are you like also counting? I mean, cause it sounds like you don't really count really pages or even how many cards because, because I would think that like, would you count like, Oh, this many cars, will be like this many pages for this whole script um i think i i used to kind of worry about that Mm. but like not so much anymore i think i I kind of have a feel for like okay these many scenes will fit in this much and Mm. and um and and i try not to give myself restrictions like that i know people do that with like um i guess people who follow books like uh, save the cat stuff right they they, they really pay attention to the page number, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know that field. I had tried that before and I felt like that really hurt me like, uh, writing something. So I try not to give myself restrictions and just kind of let it flow. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if you were counting and it just feels like you're, you're kind of forcing the issue, like, Oh, I have to, I have to account for this many pages or whatever, this many scenes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, and it feels that to me that's too almost like too logical or too mathematical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which and for some people it works and okay, that's 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 great for them. But I just for me that ruins for me that ruins my uh, spontaneity, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Okay. And um are you are you the kind of old school writer who would actually write out everything on paper, like by hand, like the whole like part of the script or scene, or you just type it? Uh, no, no way, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know how people do that. And I, yeah, I know it's the guys who they write everything on a legal pad and, and then just type it out later I'm, or yeah. like in one of those, yeah, those, those composition notebooks. I'm like, dude, that's like, ouch, <laughs> that would, my hand would be hurting, but um, no, but that's, you know, a lot of respect to them. I, I do try and like warm up my brain by writing in a journal or something before mm-hmm. I write. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I do, and then I, you know, work, jump on the keyboard, but, uh, okay. yeah, but most of it's other than writing the cards with a marker, mm-hmm. uh, everything else is pretty much like, uh, okay. on, uh, Google okay. docs or, or uh, final draft. Okay. Okay. And, and you said like you do a warm up before you, you actually do the writing. So, I mean, like what kind of warm up are you talking about? Just like simple, simple journaling of her thoughts or or what's um 
yeah, it could be, it could be that. It could be a part of, um, you know, I try to do like a, I think most, a lot of people do this nowadays is like, I try to do like a gratitude practice oh, in the nice. morning. So after I get my tea and I'm, you know, I sit down and then I, I know I do that. I write in my journal, I do my gratitude. And then, um, and then I try to start thinking more about the project. I try to, to read stuff that I've written or some ideas that I'm supposed to tackle for the day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll probably try and, and hand writes a little bit of things in there. And then, and then as, as soon as I start to like, okay, then I'll just put it, start to feel it. I'll put it down and then just go jump on the keyboard. Okay. Is, wow. Uh, nice. Cause it sounds, so it sounds like you, you have a pretty good kind of like a daily morally routine set up for yourself then. Yeah. I, I try, I try to keep it. It's, <laughs> uh, it helps for sure. Helps get in the right mind space. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, you're, I think, I think what you're doing is, is, is great. And um, so this whole process, this routine, um, has it always been like the same even before this pandemic or, or things have kind of changed a little bit? Ooh, um, I would, oh, it's definitely changed. Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the pandemic definitely changed like for, for us and for everyone. Cause you know, my son just started school mm-hmm. like, um, that fall before the pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, and so like that freed up a lot of time for me mm-hmm. as well. So, and then, so having to deal with that to adjust for that last year was, was a big one. And, um, yeah, it's uh, so this routine, man. How I can't know, I'm trying to remember how long I've had this now, but I would say for at least at least a year. Nice, possibly more. Yeah, at least a year. Yeah, nice. That's very yeah. cool, man. Like I, I don't even know how you stay so disciplined and motivated for like a whole year. The same routine is crazy. Oh man, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I definitely look forward to like the weekends and you know, and going out um that's cool because like the only reason why i have this time is because i do have a nanny that comes in mm. uh during the week so and then once once uh once she leaves we have dinner we have lunch and then um and then i just i spend most of my time after that with my boy and we just mm. go out we go to the parks and you know we play and you know we watch stuff so yeah it's really just 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 making my time work around them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's been Okay. And I, I figured, I figured that maybe during the time when you spend um, time with your, with your son and your family, you probably able to generate some inspiration from that. Right. Or ideas. Um, yeah, it can happen. It can happen or, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I think ideas come from anywhere, but um, what is it? Uh, yeah, it's for sure. I and mean, there's definitely, there's definitely things that we do and then, it, it sparks something or mm-hmm. um things that my son says and you know it's uh or or things interactions with my wife and him and yeah okay. it's uh yeah it's great man it's, it's good okay that's no that's that's pretty cool um yeah so because i actually was gonna dive into a little bit of kind of your your storytelling aspect right because you know i'm i'm guessing for you as you know as a person who writes stories and write um screenplays you would probably put a little bit of your life experiences into the story yourself to relate uh-huh. i mean and then if you if you do do that like what kind of life experiences are you are you putting into these stories uh man yeah i want to say everything right i mean whatever yeah, I think whatever, wherever you can draw from, wherever I can draw from, you know, to try to make something as honest as possible. Um, if I, if, yeah, whether it's from my family now or from friends or from growing up. Yeah, I feel like, like, just, I think that's what helps keep things honest in the story. You know, it's just uh, trying to find that truth from, from your history, from your experiences, for sure. I mean, it, it can't always be, but, um, you know, as long as there's that, I find it as long as I can find some truth mm-hmm. from, from what I've experienced and, and, and put it in there, something that I believe, then mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it more authentic. And um, I feel like that, that can transfer over. 
Okay. Uh, then so what was the one, so what's the main thing that you, do, you do believe in that can connect with you? Sorry. Things that I believe in like, yeah. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. let's say in a story or even in a character. Oh, um, let's see. Man. Well, I've always wanted to like, maybe, yeah, maybe I've always wanted to tell stories that sort of that inspire people or that, okay. um, gives give people something to yeah to look at it to give them to give them something positive you know or it could be something sad or it could be something you know happy but in that moment just to give them something human for something them for them to sort of uplift in a way you know um so mm -hmm. i think that's and whether that comes from tragedy or that it comes from um like tragedy like like um or something sad um, like watching um you know uh, what's it called uh like watching people in my life or like family members go through mm -hmm. addiction you know stuff like that and, oh, wow. and uh and depression it, it's you know i finding finding i tend to draw from like bad things like that yeah. but knowing that i'm going to so, so i think it's more of like looking at the emotion mm -hmm. in the moments and being able to like draw from that and trying to to sort of like transfer that emotion right onto the page and i think which is yeah. it is the hardest it's really it's, I mean, it's not easy mm -hmm. but uh i find that if if i feel it like honestly in myself and i'm while i'm writing it and yeah. then then it, it yeah, it's it's better that way i guess yeah right right no no yeah of course i mean you know because if you as the writer <laughs> you write the story and you just you're not feeling it then mm -hmm. there's a problem right that means there's like a disconnect um with the story and then yep. you know other audience will probably feel the same way like oh yeah this writer doesn't even really believe in what he writes you know um so i think that is a, a really important aspect i agree with you because cool. i know because i know like well because you and i we met uh, obviously at, at um uh, at the C Seattle Asian American F uh, Film Festival just a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. And one of the stories or one of the films that you, you had playing that you wrote, um, it was about, that That one is a little bit more like a political type experience, but then this, I think it was related a little bit to kind of maybe your uh, your culture or your heritage or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So that one is, um, then, you know, I was, I was looking to write that one with the, with uh, my my partner and director uh, uh, Ty Sanga and uh, and you know he, he's Hawaiian and, and I'm actually Filipino so mm -hmm. but uh, but we we talked about we went to film school together and you know we talked about working on something together and then eventually we you know we had this opportunity to write this and then um, and so for me drawing from that from from oppression. You know, and mm. I think that you know, speaking as Philip as a Filipino, looking at Filipino history, yeah. you know, undergoing almost 400 years of oppression under the Spanish rule, and then, and then, then later the Japanese, and then America, and and so, and looking at how that's affected you know generations of people, mm -hmm. and I feel like, like drawing from that, drawing from my parents, you know, experiences being uh, immigrants here and. And looking at that, I think I was able to get yeah, pull from that in writing uh, for a story that was set in Hawaii, and um, it was, yeah, it, in that in that story, yeah, I was definitely trying to, we were trying to, you know, uplift people. We were trying to um, instill pride um, into people who were, uh, you know, fighting or still fighting against, yes. uh, you know, um, for, for rights in a way yeah exactly for their own lands you know right right so. yeah i mean well we can see what's going on right now in america where <laughs> everything like you saw all the true colors are showing basically with you know um yeah. i mean you know i'm saying this because you know of course with all the um the you know anti-asian violence going on yes recently. so um that's oh, yeah yeah it's actually interesting now because i you know i did want i do want to dive deeper into that is so do you, do you feel like now today that you as as a Filipino do you do you actually do feel like you're oppressed in in some sense in this 
whether it's in the line of work you do or 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 whatever else in life yeah. <laughs> I, I mean i mean I, <laughs> that's a tough question i mean it's it, there's so many layers there right just i mean but do i do i feel oppressed uh, i don't know if i would say if i'd quite say the word use the word oppressed okay but uh, but i would definitely say that um there is definite there's room for equality sure. more equality you know when it comes to to just being asian in america mm-hmm. and and yet and and yeah we, we've seen it we see it now and um we see the the perspectives the perception of asian americans and and how we're quite uh, still invisible you know yeah. um we're not uh, not not heard and and it's it it's disheartening but it's good to see that the conversation is out there yeah and that people are talking about it now um you know and it's i think the, the toughest part for me is to hear to see other asian americans say that they feel fine you know <laughs> and for them to say to think that uh, oh yeah the shooter wasn't racist the one in you know the one in atlanta yeah, yeah. and that uh you know they feel totally fine in this world and to see you know some asian americans some in, in my own family you know who are like disconnected in that way oh wow um, you know but i think it speaks to a, a larger issue and in, inside the asian american community you know that that need to uh, assimilate you know to be a part of that the bigger union yeah and to you know, not rock the boat in a sense yeah um so and so i feel i understand what they're saying i just mm-hmm. um you know i just i hope they i hope they can they can see how they're really treated in this world absolutely no, yeah. no 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 yeah that's very well said and, and i agree with you and i i would think that no not just us right maybe i would think that i'm sure a lot of um the community of aapi i'm sure a lot of people have experienced where maybe they haven't gone they they didn't get that job because partially maybe because of their race or didn't get this opportunity because of of that right and so i, I don't know if you ever had that experience yourself um, as well in the past of being what sorry like like not being able to get like let's say an opportunity or a job because maybe possibly because of a race oh man um well <laughs> well not to call it back. no no it's okay no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that no way um uh but it's you know it's this goes back to me being in kindergarten um mm. uh, because i have a you know my my, my name last name is latin origin um evangelista Evangelista. and so it's it's all over it's like in many spanish-speaking countries and well as portuguese and and italian but uh when i was enrolled in kindergarten you know my parents we lived across the street from a public school so my parents you know said okay we'll we'll send him there and so i was going when i went to kindergarten i went to school and then i'd I'd come back and i'd be speaking in spanish you know i'd say like i know how to count in spanish and i'd be like uno dos tres you know quatro and then my parents be like okay cool he's learning spanish you know Mm -hmm. and then when we get to the open house, you know, my parents come in and then they realize, oh, he's in an ESL class. Mm. You know? And so the school district just looked at my last name and just went, poop, he's going in ESL. And without, you know, talking to my parents, without having a discussion with me or anything like that. So I, I always think so. And I didn't learn that until later on, you know, yeah. my parents, like they, they took me out of the school, you know, and they put me into um, Catholic school, of course. And, uh-huh. and they were like, okay, that's it. We're done with the, uh, the public school system. But um, I would, yeah, whenever I think about like language barriers or um, like you say, like, like missed opportunities like, yeah. like that, it's just, I always think about that. And I always think about how the, the, um, how simple it can be as just your name you know like um right. maybe like uh, what's his name uh like martin sheen yeah like going from estevez to sheen and and how how that happens and uh yeah it's i don't know it's man it's but have i experienced that as you know i guess more in my adulthood maybe looking for jobs and stuff um uh 
I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I can't. I can't say outright that I do. You know, like I, I know that being an Asian American, I know that I um. I know that I have more privilege than than black folks, and I, I knew that. I know that I do sure. um, benefit from from that in a way, and and I, you know, try not to abuse that. And um, but yeah, I can't. I don't know. I can't say. I've made a, you know, part of me. Feel, I wonder when I said when I whenever I submit my resume or an application, I always wonder yeah. about my last name being there oh. and, and how people look at it. Yeah. You know, having having experienced that, you know, as a kid, so. You know, I'm sure it's probably happened out there. You know, yeah. someone looked at my last name, probably think, "Oh, this guy know how to speak English. He knows it's his first language." <laughs> I mean, oh wow! You know, I mean, I mean, that's that's just my thinking. You know, like just my um, right putting my putting my uh, my feelings on onto something, but projecting my my feelings. But uh, you know, I always I always wonder about that. You know, it's kind of like you know someone seeing you on the street and yeah. you're being Asian, yeah. and you're you meet someone. You know, it's probably you know not Asian, but probably, you know, another other meeting, like a white person and they're, you know, I'm sure you know how this feels. And so you get this look, it's just like, whether or not does this person speak English, if I try to talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you have to communicate. And it's, yeah. it, it, to me, it's kind of like that in a way. It's just like, does my name say something? Right. You know, because right, yeah. it, I mean, it obviously does, but um, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, whether uh, I mean, but it's a fair projection though, because I mean, a lot of times the way how you were brought up as a kid or kind of your upbringing and you know all that has an effect on you once you get older mm-hmm. um yeah. like that's why like they're they always say that child development is actually very important right because you know during like certain prime years um your your brain obviously is still maturing and then still trying to make sense of everything and process everything so if something happens usually that kind of carries on like subconsciously right like deep into your roots it carries on to the same way that you're now we're like an adult you're still thinking about your last name because of what happened that they put you into the esl class which is actually kind of messed up by the way i, I you know it's a it sound it almost sounds like it's illegal where you're just doing it while telling him yeah like, oh yeah oh yeah man and uh, oh yeah by the way that that teacher actually used to, used to um like hit us with a ruler oh wow <laughs> yeah and this is in uh yeah public school district too so <laughs> wait are they allowed to do that no oh. definitely not but i think because of you know majority we were all minorities so it's like well what are we gonna say you know, you know? Oh. what are they gonna do yeah it was Holy crap um wait there was this was what back in the 90s or something uh 80s 80s yeah Okay, so yeah. maybe back in the 80s, the rules were a little bit flexible. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either. Huh. Wow. So in, in some sense, like your your childhood bully is really your, your teacher then. It's not even like another kid. <laughs> well, I had those two, but yeah. Oh, you, oh, you, yeah. oh, so you were bullied as a kid too? Oh, I mean, you know, I think everyone was, right? At some point or another, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess, but... I mean, for like, were were you bullied because of your last name too, or or was it like for other reasons? Oh no, it was just more like just like you know playground stuff. Oh, playground yeah. stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just, so so it's nothing like crazy like you see in the movies where you 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 just get your get your butt whooped and because you know you have a last name that doesn't sound like it's white or whatever. Oh, because if you're, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No. No. I, not yeah, not that I not that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It, okay. Uh, no, no, it was it was just it just that just came into my head. That's all. Um, yeah. Okay, but that's good, that's good to know that um that generally you don't have at least have any bad experiences with like, you know, when you're adulthood, you know, not getting jobs because of your race. That's good. That's a good thing because you know, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who on the flip side are, are totally not, you know, have that privilege. Right. So, um, so I, I I agree with you on the fact that, you know, for me, I, I understand that privilege too. So I, you know, I try to like what you said, not take advantage of it, you know? Um, so, okay, cool. And so kind of just moving on to this question that, you know, I had, I mean, we, you know, we were talking about this earlier too, actually, um, you know, you did mention to me that in general, you, you've always been 
kind of an anxious person, um, maybe a little bit of nervousness. And I am myself mm-hmm. too. You know, I, I recently, actually, this is during the pandemic, the lockdown. Um, you know, when, when you're in lockdown, you have a lot of time to self-reflect like everyone else. Oh yeah. And I do realize and find out about myself is that I, I could get pretty anxious myself. And, and I guess you can say in some ways, every now and then maybe even have some kind of mini anxiety attack or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, do you have like kind of similar problems too? And, and if you do, like what are some ways that you are managing it and, and you know, what are your methods? Oh man. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Another, another heavy question, man. That's uh, <laughs> this is what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's why I'm here. And it's, um, I really enjoyed your discussion. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, man. Like, cause you know, the pandemic changed everything. Um, if anything, it, it, uh, made, it made it worse for sure. Oh. Um, you know, uh, especially last year when we didn't know anything, yeah. you know, when we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, because was this going to turn into, you know, the walking dead, <laughs> like what's, you know, or are, are we gonna is this gonna disappear like SARS or you know so like we didn't know right so I think a lot of that unknown initially that was really really difficult to, to take and um and I and I did find myself suffering from uh from really really strong anxiety mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. actually getting hit by yeah, like anxiety some form of anxiety attacks you know and it was it was it was very difficult um very very difficult and and I found myself, you know, going back more to meditation and like you said, like self-reflection mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, and luckily finding, luckily having my family with me. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, like you said, like I have quite a few people are, are alone out there and, um, yeah. but so yeah, finding comfort in them and, um, what is it, uh, going back into, making time to exercise has been mm-hmm. great for me. I know a lot of people have, um, and I've talked about a lot, but even just going for walks, yeah. you know, and so I take my son out for walks and we find a park, we explore, I think exploring new places, you know, after being stuck inside in the same mm-hmm. space for so long. Mm-hmm. So like, we'll just, you know, go try to find a lake nearby or try yeah. to find, a, you know, see what does this park have or, mm-hmm. You know, just just being curious and just trying to be out there and um and um yeah and you know and I speak about this openly too with my friends and family. It's just like I've I've seen a therapist since like 2014. Mm, okay. And um it's mainly because of I was dealing with a lot of problems back then inside my own family. Oh, wow. Um, you know, because after my, after my dad passed away in 2006, I started taking care of my mom. Yeah. And, and she's got, um, she had like early onset dementia and stuff. So, and was, so I was going through a lot of issues trying to take care of her um, mm-hmm. when she came back to live with me in 2000, to 2013, I want to say somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And um, cause she was living in the Philippines with her sister for a while. And so she moved back and I was taking care of her. And, um, you know, I found that uh, my wife didn't really like enjoy hearing about like me, you know, every day, you know, complaining or like talking about <laughs> these issues with my mom, you know, and, and, uh, and with, uh, with my brother. And so like all these things were coming up at the time. And so I thought, well, you know what, I might, I need to, I need to talk to somebody about this. And it's like, I'm sure my friends wouldn't enjoy it either. So, um, yeah, so it really helped. It really helped. I kind of, I look at it as more of like a, a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or a life coach, if you will, it's just someone to really help me understand my feelings and uh, how to how to cope with them, how to express them, and how to em- more importantly embrace them. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you said so, going back to like what you were saying about like what do you do about anxiety? I think the you know the very first thing is is to really definitely is to recognize it and um, accept it. You know, because I feel like. Um, instinctually or yeah you know then the first reaction is to just kind of be like no no i'm okay you know yeah. this is you know I, I can do this i'm okay I, i'm totally fine nothing's wrong you know and then um 
but I think recognizing it really helped me, mm-hmm. you know, re- recognizing what's going on, uh, recognizing my emotions, yeah. uh, recognizing what I'm feeling and just, and knowing that, that that's okay, right? And just accepting it and feeling it and, and then, and going through it, I think, you know, allowing the emotion to go through me and to experience it and to, um, you know, to take it whole, you know, to accept it whole and then apply, you know, whatever techni- techniques that might be, whether it's breathing or going for a walk or, or journaling or, um, yeah, or okay. exercising. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. it. Yeah, I'd say oh, accepting that's- is a huge yeah 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 no that sounds that sounds really good i mean it's true it's true and because i i think a lot of times people tend to deny the reality and try to you know because like what you mentioned about how you know you you feel like your friends wouldn't want to listen to you or or maybe even sometimes your wife gets tired of you complaining or whatever i mean but to me i feel like it's not really complaining it's more like you are understanding more about yourself and you know these are the feelings that you have and you're just expressing it and i don't know man. i mean i mean i don't know your friends personally i don't want to i'm not gonna say anything bad about them they're probably very lovely lovely people but i mean if you're really really a true friend it doesn't matter if it's the same issue over and over again the point is to kind of listen and figure out what is the inner problem like the the deep roots of it right i mean true Um, at least that's how i see it but uh it's true that's true and then i think also it's like you know what kind of advice can your friend give you as well you know yeah it's like i feel like the person i'm speaking to you know who is to maybe a therapist or a psychologist or whatever will you know actually have that that training and be able to help you identify like what it is you know like correctly you know, mm-hmm. you know or it's like i don't know my, f- my friend might be like oh let's let's go have a drink you know <laughs> let's go it's like i oh, don't worry about it man you'll be fine you know it's, it's like yeah. okay the very the very uh very <laughs> default general thing right yeah um you know like some bullshit like everything's fine which yeah I mean, maybe back back in the days, yes, you can say that, but but in this age, in this day and age, at least definitely, after, you know, with this pandemic going on, no, you can you can no longer say that you can't say everything's fine because the reality is that nothing is fine. <laughs> right. No, it's reality. Like, yeah, you know, it is. I mean, half a million people died, like like in the whole world, like more than half a million people died already. The mm-hmm. reality of it is that like a lot of people were suffering loss and. Mm-hmm. all over the world really and then so yep. for the for people who keep saying that oh everything's gonna be fine uh, you know i think they're, they're the ones who just don't really want to confront the truth you know and 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 like like what my other friends said you know he was saying that a lot of people don't really like to be uncomfortable they don't like to face the uncomfortable right right um yeah, yeah as i say like accept the reality of the situation yeah, yeah, I mean, because that's how you grow, I think, as a person. Yep. And because and, it sounds like that for you, you've grown as a person that way too, you know, like you, yep. because I'm, I'm guessing you still, you're still seeing your therapist, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I meet like once a week or every other week. So, you know, it's just like this Zoom call. Okay. Hangouts. Yeah. I mean, I can't, yeah, we don't, you know, there's nothing in person right now because. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, and and then during yeah. your sessions, is it is it just also kind of like a casual conversation, like what we're having, or or there's yeah. some kind of set agenda? Uh, it's very much like this, oh, yeah. Okay. And unless there's something an issue that I need to you know to explore, then okay. you know then we do talk about that. But other than that, yeah, it's usually just like this, man. And and um, I'd say more often than not, it's just a conversation, yeah. And and I might be just looking for advice on something. Mm-hmm. You know? And how to approach something, or am I are my feelings, you know, correct? You know, um, are my thoughts the right way? So yeah, and it, and I'd say like, um, you know, going into the pandemic, I knew that it was, you know, when we had started isolating and we didn't know how long it was going to be. I think the biggest question I asked myself during that time was, um, 
was who do I want to be when this is over? Okay. You know, because, you know, I figured this is, this is a good time to work on myself, right. Mm -hmm. To work because yeah, we can't be out there. Well, most of us can't, you know? And um, so I figured, well, maybe this is a good time for like self-improvement and, um, you know, trying to explore that, that uh, just trying to explore within myself and trying to be a better person once this is over. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't say for certain, I do feel better, mm -hmm. you know, a year later, but uh, if, if I'm a better person or not, I, I, I you know, I hope so. Um, I hope to, you know, treat other people better. Um, but, uh, and myself, especially, and, uh, you know, with self-care, yeah. everything, you know, people talk a lot about that now, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, I feel like self-care is, uh, has been often overlooked you know before this pandemic yeah and um and so i'm so glad that it's out there now people are exploring themselves and you know and you know not being able to escape yourself i think is the hardest thing right and and so when i when i when i'm stuck like this mm -hmm. it's like i feel you know i think i feel more and it's just being able to cope with that being able to have a have a goal have a focus i think it's has been great uh, at least internally you know and i know you talked about this a lot on your on your show but um i also did one of those uh vipassana retreats a while back oh you did yeah it, oh, wow. it was yeah it was back in like 2006 and oh. um and i feel like that also helped kind of guide me to sort of be like okay let's 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 look internally and let's um let's grow there while we can. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I actually curious now, since, since you mentioned, I'm curious, like how, what, what was your experience like, you know, with that retreat and, and afterwards? Um, it was great. It was, um, you know, prior to it, I knew nothing, hmm. you know, I'd known no one who went to it. <laughs> right. I was just, um, you know, I was uh, actually going through a big breakup. Mm -hmm. um, sound like a cliche. And uh, I was exploring, I was traveling, and I didn't know what I wanted. And uh, this person, uh, someone I used to work with, um, she's like, she told me like, she said, oh, you know, my boyfriend's going through the same stuff, like trying to figure out what he wants. She's like, why don't you, and he's going to, he was thinking about doing this meditation retreat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's like, you know, back in 06, like websites weren't much, so, but yeah. there was a website. So I went to go check it out and um, I'm like, oh, you just sign up. You just put your name in and it's like 10 days and it's free. I'm like, and you can leave anytime you want if you don't like it. So I was like, sure, uh -huh. like, I'll go. Why not? You know what? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. So yeah. you get yeah. that. What's that? Yeah. yeah. And then you get food too there too. You know. Oh, the food is delicious. Oh, yeah. is it? <laughs> it is. It's really, really good. Dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just at the time too, I was smoking. So that was the hardest thing for me. I think was just like not being able to smoke. Uh -huh. um, um but uh there was tea uh there was coffee uh wait no i don't think there was coffee i think it was just tea yeah okay. sorry i take that back yeah it was just tea and um and yeah man it was um back then you know i'd say before the pandemic i'd say that was like probably the hardest 10 days of my life mm. just being there and not being able to talk to anybody or anything so but um you know being the hardest 10 days but also being like one of the most rewarding 10 days of my life i think okay yeah. and would you say that that was more helpful than seeing a therapist or or it's just like a different experience a different experience for oh, sure okay. yeah okay. because it's yeah you only get the the video or the audio coming in from goenka so mm -hmm. you know and maybe if you ask a question to the ats to the assistant teachers but uh other than that it's just nothing right it's um you're in your own head and there's nowhere to go man it's uh you know it's quite the experience and especially afterwards in the last day when you get to talk to everyone and then everyone else you know a lot of the guys there you know whether they're manly or however they appeared it's like yeah. we all spoke about you know the day you broke down within yeah. those 10 days you know and it's like and you know whether it was the second day or the the fifth day or the eighth day you know there's always there's always seemed to be a moment where you just couldn't take it and you know you were inside yourself but you just kind of just released all that emotion you know? mm. yeah 
And then you you and you you had that moment too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely hard not to. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Um, it it's funny because you know, um, because you you mentioned that you you used, you used to smoke a lot. I mean, we're weed, right? Oh no, uh, tobacco. Tobacco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because yeah. a lot of times, like people always compare not always but they would sometimes compare like if you're doing some kind of deep meditation you get to a certain level it's almost the same as like being high on drugs or whatever like that so Hmm. i don't i don't know if it was like that for you at the time or man i don't know i think for me it's more of like a spiritual high oh spiritual it's like yeah i don't know if you were ever like um if you were like in church or anything like that or but, no i've not okay but uh yeah it was kind of like i think that's more of the way i describe it it's just more of like um like maybe after church or after like a meaningful prayer mm-hmm. like just feeling uh feeling uplifted and feeling oh. like fulfilled within myself and and just like confident i guess spiritually uh-huh. okay but is it possible that it was kind of like more like a a false type of high, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know how, like during that time, you know how, you know how it is a lot of times, like it was like more like adrenaline pump for like just that short amount of time. And then afterwards you fall back down to whatever you want <laughs> afterwards. Right. Mm, I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel that. You so. didn't feel that. Okay. Yeah. As far as I can remember. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. So, yeah. so you're pretty much uplifted the whole time and even afterwards you're like i'm ready to go oh it's like just feel solid in that moment you know i just feel one within myself and then um and then from there it's just like you know just have the day man yeah just you know i go through all the emotions yeah yeah one one within yourself that that sounds kind of deep that's that sounds like something that i i don't even know how to like explain or comprehend yeah i don't know man i mean it doesn't happen all the time you know Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say like it's probably a lower percentage than anything, maybe 25-30% of the time, maybe, mm. maybe lower than that, but uh, just off the top of my head, but uh, it doesn't happen, that's when it happens, but uh, you know, yeah, when it does, it's great, yeah. Mm, okay, okay, and then you're, what, and then you're the wife, your wife now, like she knew, she knew that you did all this stuff and, and you know, she was cool and all that. <laughs> oh, back then? Well, I mean, cause like you, I'm sure like after, yeah, I'm sure after you, you, you met your wife after the Finpasana meditation, right? Like all that. All the- yeah. Well, actually I, I knew I met her before I went to it, Oh. Okay. but uh, we were just like dating. We weren't, yeah, we weren't married yet oh, okay. or anything. Okay. Yeah. They would just met actually. Right. Well, the only reason why I asked, because, you know, a lot of times, I mean, I guess you can say regular people, mm-hmm. they, you know, when you tell them about like stuff like oh i went on this kind of retreat or whatever a lot of times they would kind of have these judgy eyes and be like dude you're you're crazy or what what is this spiritual (laughs) yeah no she she was she was really cool about it Um, oh okay yeah i think the the hardest thing for both of us was just not being able to speak to each other during that time but uh yeah but no she was she was cool about it and yeah everyone actually everyone i spoke to was about it afterwards was were uh supportive yeah Mm, okay so it, it, yeah, okay. interesting that's cool so it sounds like that was that you know after that retreat was kind of almost like the start of like your your growing process or or your journey in a way very much so yeah i think that that thing that sparked a lot that sparked quite a bit of action for me mm. I think, from then yeah for sure um, okay for, yeah because after that it was just like I was like hundred percent sure I was going to go to film school after that. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much at a crossroads and uh, um, I had quit my job working in corporate and I was just kind of, I was thinking about going to school like mm-hmm. post-grad, but uh, I didn't know for sure. And then, um, yeah, I think after that retreat, I was, yeah, I was kind of dead, I was dead set on doing it. So it's like, cool. Like, is this so is this like film school just felt right to you like you or, or you were exploring different subjects and you just landed upon film school it felt right for me it was something that i wanted to do after uh after undergrad okay sure. 
Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So it's just something that for whatever reason, it's just, it's just like film is something that is just connected with you. And then you just like, Hey, you know what, this is something I want to do. Um, yeah, kind of like I always, I knew I always wanted to write since I was okay. little, but, uh, I always thought I was going to write poetry or prose. Oh, nice. And then, um, and then when I was an undergrad, I, I took a screenwriting course and I just mm-hmm. fell in love with it. I was just like, Oh my God, this is, this is what I've been looking for, you know? And, um, so, and then, but then, you know, of course I had to go work and, yeah. you know, worked in a cubicle mm-hmm. and, um, and that's like, I would just think about, I always knew I wanted to do something creative and, um, okay. yeah. So that was the, just made the jump. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you no longer write like poetry and stuff like that. Um, I do. It's rare though. It's pretty rare. Cause I just, I find that, you know, the, the brevity of, of screenwriting kind of calls for that. Right? Mm. So. I find that I'm allowed to kind of practice that in a way, uh-huh. you know, not so much, right. Cause it's kind of frowned upon a little bit, you know, but, mm. uh, but uh, in screenwriting, but just enough, just a little touch here and there. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Cool, man. This, this, that's, that's great to hear about, you know, your, your journey and your process. Um, always, I feel, I always feel very happy hearing other people's stories and how they kind of come from, sort of down from the dumps you know <laughs> all the way up you know it's just like a it's kind of like a like a sort of like a miracle thing um, oh no it's it's just it's life man you know that's true yeah that's a good you way know, to put it yeah so hopefully you make good choices and and luckily i've had some good people around me to help me so you know which i think is always always a plus always a positive not everyone has that but uh yeah man and i enjoy i enjoy man I enjoy hearing hearing people's stories too on here man so yeah, it's yeah, been inspiring. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I mean, especially different people, different, you know, different backgrounds too, you know. And I think think that's the most important part. Um, because I mm-hmm. believe I believe everyone has a voice, everyone has their own unique story, whether they're whether they're like the best at what they do or average drills or whatever, right? You know, because I, I think everyone's experience is different. That's what makes us in unique individuals, right? And no, not everyone's the same. No mm-hmm. one's the same, really. Um and so I think that's that's really cool. Uh, and I guess the last question here to kind of wrap it all up is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for me, I don't know, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, I, I the last couple of years, maybe the past year, you know, I try to I try to get into a little bit of you know uh, like Stoic philosophy. So yeah. I, would, I would think a lot about um, like mortality and and and. And because that's the, you know, that's real. It's like a reality where we'll, mm-hmm. we'll all die one day. Yes. So my question to you is that, so when that happens, how do you want people to remember, to rem- remember you by? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> that, that makes me wonder, it's like, who is going to remember me? <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, that's so also, like, not, that's also, yeah. So, yeah and just, I know. Yeah. Cause when I hear that, I'm like, well, I think about who, and I think about, then okay i think about my son you know mm-hmm. and to think how do i want him to remember me by and then mm-hmm. so I, I just want him to remember the things we did together and mm-hmm. you know and how i loved him and and uh and how i hopefully was there for him and you know helped him on his journey and um and if i could help you know people other people on their journeys you know whether they're their friends or family or people that i just meet you know i always try to keep that that open dialogue too with mm-hmm. folks, you know, so I'm glad that we were able to keep the open, you know, open friendship, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. over the course of just what, over a year now, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, here I am telling you my secrets. It's like, man, it works. So it's great, man. No, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's yeah. what it's about. You know, you, I think everyone, everyone is really connected on, on some wavelength, you know, I mean, I don't, yes. I don't think anyone's, just alone by themselves and um you know these are the ways how you create relationships i think you know especially now during this time i think it's always important to be connecting with people and and really really you know really develop um cultivate uh meaningful relationships um oh yeah yeah that that's um that's huge i think it's a big reflection of of uh 
of myself internally, like not how many friends I have, but just definitely the quality of those relationships. And now oh, there's my son. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see him he's in like, the background. Yeah, he's like, hey, it's been an hour, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, well, we we are about wrapped up, and, and that that's a good way to end it. I I think yeah. that's good, like where you 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 want your son to see you as a good role model. I'm sure I'm sure you want your your friends to see you as as a really uh, uh, you know caring and loving friend for for having an open dialogue and everything. I think that's great too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I can see. I can see. <laughs> yeah, Sounds he's good. just like yeah, yeah, playing yeah. around. Yeah, but um, but yeah, we're we're about we're about wrapped up here, and um, you know, once again, thank you, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and for continuing to tune in to to all the episodes, um, and everything that we talked about, any any notable information, I'll I'll post them on the description as usual, and um, and thank you very much, Oliver, for for joining in and sharing some of your secrets and your personal stories. Um, yeah, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, thank Hopefully you. Hopefully, we'll get to talk again in the future. Absolutely, we'll, we'll always yeah. stay in touch. Cool, cool, man. Great, thank you right all, on. and uh, see you everyone next time, uh, which is pretty soon. Thank you. <laughs>